Hi guys, it's Eddie. I just wanted to uh, let you guys know that I am part of a competition called Face of Horror. I will have the link in the description below that you can go and vote for yours truly. Uh, it would be an honor to have my horror fans vote for me to be the next Face of Horror. Let's do this together all in the name of horror. You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled one good scare, huh? From the prime time, bitch! Nothing like a strangulation to get the circulation going. They're coming to get you, Barbara. This has this When there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk here. Welcome, everybody, to day three. That's right. We're moving right along here on Eddie's 31 Days of Halloween. Hopefully, you guys are enjoying what I've done so far. There's so many more to come. Uh, and, you know, we just love it. Again, if you want to follow everything that I do as far as Eddie's 31 Days of Halloween, you can do so by going to moshpitsandmovies.wordpress.com. Again, moshpitsinmovies.wordpress.com. I post the articles there. And I want to tell you, spoiler-free articles are on that. There are going to be some spoilers on here, unfortunately. But we've got a great, great episode for you guys today. Because, you know, one of the things that always intrigues me when I go in to watch a horror film is the fact that it says it's based on on events or it's based on a true story or loosely based on actual events because there's nothing more scarier than knowing that something actually happened and it's unexplainable much like the strangers we were always told that the idea of the victims was real right two victims inside of a house killed by somebody but they could never figure out who it was. But all they could do was write a film basically based off of the evidence that was available. And they recreated the scene. So that's hence why it was based on true events. And that is the case today with the film that we're watching uh, that is available on Amazon Prime. For all you uh, people out there that are wondering. I am talking about the smiley face killers. And here's what intrigued me. Actually, let's check out the trailer and then I'll discuss what intrigued me. a group of serial killers stalked California's coast. During this time, police recovered the remains of multiple young men along the shore. 
send you home? He told me that he stopped taking his meds and stopped seeing his doctor. Is that? I don't know. Some freaks been sending me this stuff. You seem super stressed and bummed out lately. I'm fine. Karen, someone's been messing with my phone. Did you send these to yourself? He's going through some manic phase. Jake! As I've said, you've been warned, spoiler alerts may appear in this podcast. That's right. So one of the things that intrigued me the most about this film to begin with was when I looked in the description, they said that the film was made by the writer of American Psycho and the director of River's Edge, two films, right? That I absolutely love, right? I love Brett Brett Easton Ellis and what he did when he wrote American Psycho, because that was a book that he wrote uh, that was eventually turned into a film, classic with Christian Bale, you remember. And then uh, River's Edge, which starred Keanu Reeves, Crispin Glover, and so many others, directed by Tim Hunter. And funny enough, Crispin Glover is in this very film. That's right, Crispin Glover plays one of the smiley face killers so i was intrigued i was i had to i had to check it out i had to watch it and then seeing that you know it was based on uh true events is uh something i'll explain <clears throat> when the time comes uh but basically the film is about these these this group of killers that uh, apparently they kidnap random white men and I say random because they're college students and they'll dump their bodies in the ocean and then they'll leave a smiley face tag behind somewhere so that you know it's them. And the movie kind of starts off very creepily, right? Because it's like it starts off a goat is getting its like throats, uh, a goat or sheep, I can't remember, is getting its throat slit. And a dog goes after the sound. You hear it because the dog hears it goes. Next thing you know, it's the next morning and it's the farmer and he's looking for his dog. And he goes and discovers and there's a pig that's decapitated with its um, basically its torso split open. And then there's the dead goat. There's a dead dog. 
and then it focuses on a couple of the other killings, like a, a drunk dude leaving a party, and uh, he gets temporarily sort of separated from his his group, and the van stops in front, kidnaps him, drives him away, drives away. The rest of the group turns around like, oh, what happened to so-and-so? I don't know, you know, and they keep going. And eventually you see where he's discovered. Um, and they do that a couple times with, with different different people, and you see the smiley face tag. So then it focuses on this one character all of a sudden. And at first I couldn't figure out if it was one of the characters from the beginning that we had seen or if this was a new one. Uh, but but they focus on Jake Graham, who's played by Ronan Rubenstein, you may remember from 911 Lone Star. And he's kind of a troubled teen, a troubled college student, I should say, who's got a lot of issues, right? He fits the perfect persona that if you were to play it off, you know, you could almost play it off like he's a psychopath who, you know, was off his meds. And apparently, you know, he went nuts, killed his roommate, and then committed suicide by going in the water. You could play it off that way, right? But he seems to have it all. He's got a cool best friend. He's on the soccer team. He's got a great girlfriend. But then things start to kind of unravel for him when the smiley face killers focus on him, right? And they follow him for days, and they pick that perfect spot to grab him. Uh, so on and so forth, and some of the smiley face killers are played by Crispin Glover, and another one's uh, Amadeus Serafini, who I kept looking at him and was like, why does this guy look so familiar to me? And then it dawned on me from the Scream television series uh, from the first two seasons, I believe. So, yeah, and uh, he's great. And he, he plays a real good psychopath in this. But, you know, whatever. So, eventually they, they pick their spot. They're in his house. They left a map. He's kind of confused about it, whatever. And then they just, you know, they, they go through the whole thing. And then the last, I want to say, 20 minutes to a half hour of the film is intense. It gets intense. Because now it's a chase. You know, trying to escape, chase. Uh, they got to get rid of witnesses, you know, so then there's that whole, you know, aspect. And then there's the whole aspect that, uh, you know, that they've been sending them texts like the water is waiting for you. So you're wondering, like, why? And, and they say that he's, I can't remember, Galilee or something like that. He's somebody and they're sacrificing him, basically. And that's what it is. They're sacrificing him to something with the water. Which I wish I had looked up, but I didn't. And it sort of just plays on that, you know what I mean, the, the, the whole movie. But, yeah, that last half hour, 20 minutes or so, is just real intense. You know what I mean? And, and that's where it gets good. That's where it gets really good. So now the backdrop on this is that there were there was a theory... I believe back in 1990 or something like that, where they theorized that there was a serial killer or group of serial killers in the United States that were kidnapping college students, right, college men, 
mostly white, and they were drugging them up and basically tossing them in the water. And they would tag the smiley face. Law enforcement apparently had been ignoring the obvious. And they just said, hey, these guys have been drunk. They've intoxicated. Because that's usually who the smiley face killers focused on. Was intoxicated men leaving clubs, leaving bars, stuff like that. That law enforcement would just say, oh, you know what? They're drunk. You know, they... they Decided to go in a body of water and they drowned, right? And a couple of of detect like I know one was a detective, one was something, came up with this theory of the smiley face killers, and had basically been saying that the, the smiley face was their tag. That was what they tagged with, and a bunch of people came out bunch of detectives from various cases across the U.S. that were dealing with this basically came out and said, no, that's not true, you know, because, dude, you could walk anywhere and find a smiley face or something like that graffitied on a wall or, or whatever. So there's no correlation. So that theory has been up in the air and Brett Easton Ellis and Tim Hunter took advantage, created a movie, recreated these scenes. Did pretty pretty freaking good, let me tell you. Pretty freaking good. Because I enjoyed it. It was enjoyable. There were some parts where you were just like, it kind of drags a little bit. And you can definitely see the style, the filmmaking style of, of Tim Hunter. It's there. Um, moves very much like how River's Edge moved. You know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, I, my only problem with the film is there's things they explore, but they don't explain. You know what I'm saying? They leave this map, and so many people see the map, but they don't question it, Right? Even to the point that our main character, Jake, goes online and researches the symbols that have been sent to him on the phone. And it looks like he's looking at it and he's reading up on it, right? Because that's what it looks like. But he doesn't do anything to really, like, we don't... understand what's going on he doesn't like explain it to anybody you know when when they ask him about the texts or anything and uh they sort of leave things you know where you're kind of like all right well what's what was the point of that like the whole rob thing right cody simpson you guys may remember the australian singer there is in the movie and he plays jake's uh girlfriend's ex and this whole time, there's friction between the two of them, but we're never told why there's the friction. All we know is that she left Karen, left him, his name is Rob in the movie, for Jake. That's all we ever know. And Jake even confronts Rob. Still nothing, right? It's just this friction. And it's never really answered. 
So it's uh, that was a little frustrating. Not really, but it was a tiny bit. Not too bad. I, I was just like, okay, we can move on. But there's just certain things like we, you know, he doesn't ask the killers, why are you doing this, right? You know, why do, are you calling me this? You know what I mean? They don't explain like a typical killer would, you know, when, when having an opportunity to go, oh, I'm sacrificing you to Galad, you know, you know, this is why we're draining you of your blood, you know, and, and then you find out why they drain him of his blood because they spray paint the smiley face with the blood. That's what I believe because it looks like it. And, you know, those things are just left up in the open. And that was my only problem with the film. Other than that, I, I enjoyed it. It was it was a good time. It was worth at least a watch, in my opinion. So, with that being said, I'm going to give the film a B for a final grade. That's right, a B. So, it was good. It was really good. And I was happy I watched it. Uh, it creeped me out for a little bit. Thinking, man, I don't want to walk alone somewhere and then get kidnapped by somebody and then drained of my blood and thrown in the ocean and to make it, make it look like I drowned. Not very good for serial killers. Let me tell you something. That is a good way to not get caught and to not have any suspicion brought on you when serial killers usually do it to get some sort of notoriety. All I'm saying. All right. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. We'll see you tomorrow.